Hi everyone and welcome to the live FPL Game Week 1 deadline stream. We've got one hour to go into a deadline and tonight is myself, FPL Matt Day, and I'm joined by Quinton from the FPL, FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. Just before we start the stream, if you could please like, comment and subscribe to the channel, that would be awesome. So we'll get into it now. Q, how are you feeling, mate? Are you excited after the, uh, after the pre-season? Um, I think it's a bit of a relief actually because finally I can stop... Uh putting plays in and out of my side, it's getting close to the deadline now where I can just relax and set my team and, um, yeah, what it'll be, we're not sure, but um, <laughs> I'm just glad that it's sort of all the stress is over now. So I'm pretty pumped to watch some football now. Oh, of course, mate. And uh, how many drafts have you done, mate? Are you on the, you're on draft number 50, aren't you, by now, or draft number I'd reckon it'd be close to 100, mate. 100? <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty close to 100, mate. I've... Um, I think that, as I spoke to you earlier, it's it's the curse of watching so much preseason football is that I've made so many different drafts after, you know, knee-jerk reactions, watching um, friendly. So it's been good to actually now just have a side picked and um, I'm just not going to touch it now and, you know, leave it be. No, no, I agree. I think, like, all we've done is just tinker for weeks, what you, you have with all, obviously, all your drafts and stuff. And, you know, it's good to be, you know, in that final hour. So, you know, for all the viewers that are out there watching, get your questions in the comments. Me and Q hopefully can, you know, help you in the next hour to make those last-minute picks. I'll try not to be too biased for Spurs. I'm sure Q will be telling you <laughs> to get in, uh, you know, Jaden Sancho and Rashford. But, yeah, we'll see how we go. So what we'll do, we'll do a quick preview of the fixtures. Um, and let's have a look. We'll pick a player from each game. And we'll do a score prediction as well. So let's get the fixtures up and we'll start with tonight's game, which is obviously the, the opening game between Palace and Arsenal, which has the uh, the highest owned player in history of FPL, I believe, Q. I think Gabriel Jesus is 75% owned. Is he? I think it's, it's possibly the highest player ownership in history, I think. Um, but what we'll do is uh, we'll preview this one. Q, who's Sorry, uh, some technical difficulties there. Oh, no, that's okay, mate. Who's uh, who's your uh, who's your one to watch in this one? Sorry, I think my mic's playing up, mate. That's all right, Q. I will uh, I'll preview this one for us. I think Q's uh, Q's gone from the stream, so it's just me for now. We've got the Palace Arsenal game. Um, I'd say from an FPL point of view, the one player to watch has got to be Gabriel Jesus, who we did just speak about, um, you know, 75% ownership. I think he's in pretty much everyone's team. Um, isn't actually in my final draft, and it's not because I'm a Spurs fan. I'm actually just using the money elsewhere. Um, I think he's in your team, though, Koo, but I guess we'll uh, we'll find out when he comes back into the stream. Um, and then in terms of a score prediction, I'm probably going to go with... You know what? I think Arsenal will win this one, so I will back. I'll back Arsenal to win this one, two-one. I'll go with a Jesus goal and maybe a Saka goal as well. Um, maybe with a couple of Martinelli assists in there. So um, yeah, I think it'll be a good opening game. I think we'll see goals in both. And here's Q. He's back in the stream. Sorry about that, mate. Here he is. Technical difficulties, mate. <laughs> That's okay, mate. You've you've uh, you've come back, um, and I just did the prediction for the Palace Arsenal game for you. I've gone two one Arsenal. Um, I've said Saka and Jesus are going to score, potentially Martinelli with a with a couple of assists. What do you think about that one? Yeah, actually, that's pretty close to the prediction that I had. I think it's going to be a maybe a tight affair. Um, I think both teams are probably playing a little bit cautious to start off with, but I think Jesus and Saka are going to be pretty crucial for them this game. I think their attacks looked really good in the preseason. So I could see them possibly getting off to a good start um, late in the first half, but I could see Palace um, that second half, you know, clawing a goal back. So I think that um, no clean sheets for anyone this game, but I think it's going to be a win for Arsenal, but in a tight affair. Yeah, I think so as well. And I think, you know, obviously we spoke about Arsenal. I think from a Palace perspective, you know, there's a couple of good players to look at this season. I think Zaha again. Probably going to remain on pens. It's going to be the star of the show for Palace, like he, like you know, has been for for years now. You know, and there's all, also Eze is going to be back on the frame as well uh, this season. So it'll be interesting to see how he does tonight. Um, yep. We'll move on now to the uh, to the next games. We've got Fulham Liverpool, which is the early game tomorrow. Um, you know, Fulham newly promoted side. 
Uh, Marco Silva's come out and said, you know, they've only really got 16 Premier League worthy players in their squad, which probably isn't the best thing. Uh, <laughs> could you know, be mind games though, mate. <laughs> yeah, it could be mind games. It's not something you want to hear as a, a Fulham fan or a Fulham player, but, you know, they're coming in against Liverpool, finished second last year. Obviously, they got to, I think it was the longest season played out by any Premier League side because you know, they got to every final. They played, you know, every single game that they possibly could have played. Um, we'll give this one to you, Q. I, I ended up previewing the uh, the Palace Arsenal one, so we'll give this one to you. What do you think the, the score's going to be? And if you want to just give us a bit of a FPL roundup and a player that you think is an absolute must-have. Well, I'm going to get a little bit of hate, which I've already got in my group chat uh, earlier today. But um, I think that Fulham's going to score this game. I don't think there's going to be a clean sheet for Liverpool. But I still think Liverpool are going to win convincingly against Fulham. I could see, you know, maybe about a 3-1, 4-1 scoreline. So I think that Liverpool will get off to a good start. But I think people banking on the clean sheet, I think. I could see uh, Pereira putting in a ball for Mitrovic to score off a header on a, on a set piece. I think they've shown pre-season that, you know, Offset pieces they have look quite good. So I think probably the key player we're going to talk about is Salah. I think he's looked really good preseason, whereas the hype's kind of been around Nunes and Diaz. I think that this could be one of the Salah specials where he gets two goals, gets an assist and maximum bonus. So I think he's definitely one to look out. And I think looking at their centre pairing, I spoke to you, I had a feeling Kanate might uh, come into the side this year, but he might be something to watch whether Matip starts week one or whether they go Kanate. Yeah, I think Matip will be safe because Kanate, I believe, has picked up an injury um, yeah. in the week, which is a bit of a blow for Liverpool. So I think he'll probably be safe now for this week anyway. Um, but yeah, I agree with you with Salah. I think, you know, tried and tested, does it every year. You know, we know how good he is. Um, I think he's going to be most people's captains. I know there's a, you know, a bit of a no Salah trend, you know, going around on the, uh, in the FPL community and some people want to, want to do that and you know hats off to them for trying something different but for me I think uh, Salah's got to be in the side as for the scoreline yeah the 4-1 yeah you're probably probably about right I would like the clean sheet I'm going to be doubling up on that Liverpool defence so I wouldn't like them to, uh, to concede but um, you know if they do um, you know then all, all the better for those that don't double up on Liverpool so yeah I think I agree I think um, Liverpool are going to come out and win that one quite comfortably um, let's move on to the uh, to the Bournemouth uh, Aston Villa game. Obviously, Bournemouth, another newly promoted side. Again, Scott Parker, similar to, to Marco Silva at Fulham, he's come out and said, um, you know, Bournemouth, again, you know, probably not Premier League quality, um, don't have the best squad. they got uh, an injury crisis at the back, which obviously, you know, looks at us with Aston Villa and thinks, you know, let's, let's get some of their players in. There's obviously going to be a couple of players from them that, you know, people are going to be interested in. So, um, yeah, I think in terms of one to watch, Probably going to have to be Leon Bailey, who you know we've all spoke about you know, throughout the preseason. He's been unbelievable. He was electric in that friendly against Man United. Um, he's only five million. I think we're going to see him in a lot of teams. Um, so I think he's definitely one to look out for. You've got the likes of Matt Cash, who's five million. There's Ollie Watkins in there as well. Um, so I think there's, a, there's some good uh, good players to look out for from a Villa perspective. And then maybe from a Bournemouth perspective, you've got Dominic Solanke in there, who's on pens. He got 28 goals in the championship. So I think, you know, there's some good players to look out for in this one, mainly from Villa. Um, and in terms of a score prediction, I think, yeah, Villa are going to win this one, maybe 2-0. Uh, what do you think, you? Yeah, I think yeah, it could be a tricky fixture. I spoke to a, um, a mate today. I think that um, this could be... Potential for an upset, I think that a lot of people like myself have probably, you know, rated Villa an easy win this week, but I actually could see a quite tough fixture, similar to, I guess, the Arsenal-Brentford fixture last season, week one, where a lot of people kind of didn't know what to expect from Brentford and, um, you know, they did the business. So I think this could be actually a tight affair. I think I picked a one-all draw in this game. I think that it's going to be pretty tight, but... Like you said, Bailey's a great pick. I think at his at his price is great value. And the likes of Coutinho, I'm very interested mm. to see how he starts the season because he did have a sort of a period last season where he was really good, but then kind of fell off and wasn't quite as impactful towards the end of the season. So definitely interested to see um, how he starts the season. Yeah, no, good points. I think he raised a good point about Coutinho as well. I remember last season there was that double game week towards the end 
think we both captained him and he, you know, he got an absolutely massive haul. And, you know, he's had a full pre-season now under Steven Gerrard with Aston Villa. Um, he's only 7 million. Um, so it could be a, you know, a good time to own Coutinho in this first four games. I think Villa have got some really good fixtures with this Bournemouth game and the Everton game at home in the second match. Um, so, you know, it could be a good game uh, for some FPL assets from uh, from Villa. Um, but we'll go on to the um, the Leeds-Wolves game. Um, we'll get you to do this one, Q. Give me a uh, give me a player. I'll give a quick shout out to uh, to Craig, uh, to Lanio. Thanks for watching the stream, mate. Um, good to hear you're enjoying it. Thoughts on Dean versus Cash from Villa? What do you reckon, Q? And you're, I think you're on mute, mate. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to unmute you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think short term, both really good options. It's, you know, 50-50 in that one. But I know they did sign, is it uh, Augustinson? They signed in the preseason. Okay. Augustin, I think uh, Ludwig Augustin. I think mm -hmm. he plays, he's direct competition for Luca Dean. So I'm not 100% sure long term, but I think it's more of a 50-50 in, you know, who you are backing to, you know, provide that better attacking threat. I know at times last season, I think they focused on one side of the field some games and then the other side of the field the other games. So, yeah, for me, it's about a 50-50 call, but I think either of those assets are decent for the first four weeks. Yeah, no, I agree. I was actually confused at the start when he when he's put Dean there, and I was trying to think from Villa who is um, who is Dean from Villa, but it's it's um, Luca Dean, isn't it, Luca Digne? So um, yeah, look, I actually have cash in my team. So um, obviously the five, they're both five million. Um, Digne is on all the corners and he's on all the set pieces. Um, so he probably you know people think that gives him that little bit of an edge, which I would normally agree with an FPL. But I think we saw how attacking cash was last season. And he loves a loves to have a crack at goal. So um yeah, they are both very good options and they're a good price. So good luck in um in whatever decision you decide to make, Craig. And again, thanks for uh, for tuning in. And if um, you know, any other viewers out there have got any questions about the um you know the, the fixtures we're talking about now, any players, um, you know, your drafts, any final decisions, just get them in in the uh, in the YouTube comments. Um, but we'll move back to this uh, Leeds Wolves game queue. So um yeah, if you want to give us a roundup, your score prediction. And, uh, you know, your FPL players to watch. Um, I think this is going to be quite a good game. I, I'm backing Leeds to take away the win this week. I think that in preseason they've shown their attack with um, Bamford, even though he doesn't look 100% fully fit yet. Um, I think their attack's going to be really good this season. And Wolves defensively were really good last year, but they also did fall away towards the end of the season. And during preseason, I've seen a couple of, not I wouldn't say flaws in their defence, but... They're not looking as locked hot as they was uh, as they were early season last year, but I'm sort of picking um, a three-two win to Leeds, and I think that a lot of people that have um, Aronson that have taken a punt on Aronson, I think you're going to get rewarded this week. I could see him, you know, getting a return, and obviously Neto for Wolves, I could see him getting on the score sheet as well. So I think people that have you know chose those budget options, I think they're going to be pretty happy after this week. Yeah, it's interesting uh, some of the points you make. Obviously, three-two is you know, quite a high-scoring game for for Wolves because they, you know, we saw them have quite a lot of low-scoring games last year. Um, and I do know a lot of their fans don't seem too happy at the moment. They didn't really get much transfer business done. Um, they've not been, um, you know, blown away by their coach. So um, you know, it could be a an interesting start for Wolves this year. Um, you mentioned Aronson's, obviously the USA international have signed. Uh, 5.5 million, so could yeah, possibly worth worth a punt there, like you mentioned. Obviously, Pedro Neto, he's in a lot of teams' side. I think he's a really good op option. I know there's some people on the fence. Um, they don't really think he's a good option, but I think for 5.5 million, probably going to be Wolves' main source of goals now. You know, you've got Jimenez is injured. Fabio Silva's left on loan. So, you know, I think he's going to be, be Wolves' main player, probably along with Podence in, um, in that front line and obviously uh, Huang as well. So I think for 5.5 mil, you know, if Neto stays fit, I think he's a really good option um, for our team. So, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. I agree. I think it'll be a good game. I just want to mention um, Patrick Bamford as well is, is going to be back in in, uh, in the Leeds lineup. Obviously, he was injured for a lot of last season. Um, he got 17 goals in the previous campaign. So, I think he's quite a good option at, at 7.5 million. So, we'll see how that goes there. Um, we'll move on now to Newcastle versus another newly promoted side, Nottingham Forest. 
So they're back in the Premier League after, I think it was a 99-2000 season or the 98-99 season they were last in the Premier League. It was a, it was a long time ago now. And um, yeah, it's great to have them back. They've got Newcastle away. Um, so yeah, I think this is going to be a really good game. I, you know, I'll go with a, you know what, I'll go with a, I want to I want to go with a Newcastle clean sheet because I've got Kieran Trippier in my team, which is all because Q has persuaded me to put <laughs> Kieran Trippier in my team. Um, so I want to back a Newcastle clean sheet. But I do also like the fact that Forrest have got Lingard now. They've got Johnson. Um, you know, they've got a couple of decent players up there. But I'll go 2-0 I'll go Newcastle and I'll back uh, maybe a Callum Wilson. That's a maximum goal. Um, we'll go 2 0. We'll get the clean sheet for Pope out under the belt, clean sheet for Trippier, clean sheet for Botman, clean sheet for Dan Byrne. I think all of those players are good assets, especially the defenders that are, you know, four and a half million. Uh, Botman and um, Byrne both absolutely massive, and they can just attack all these Trippier set pieces. Um, so I'll go Newcastle 2 0. Is there anyone in there you think I might have missed Q or anyone else to, to look out for, obviously, other than the, you know, the defenders and, and St. Max and Wilson, who we, you know, we know so much about? Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, you've covered that well. I'm sort of backing um, Newcastle to get off to a good start as well. So I've similar scoreline, 2-0. Um, I'm not sure if you saw in our, our group chat with Dan, I've convinced him to go triple Newcastle. So <laughs> I've got a, a lot invested in this game, but I, I really think that, you know, they've looked really good pre-season. And I think Knotts might take a couple of weeks to sort of get up to speed in the Premier League. You've, they've got some good players, got a brand new side with the you know the players that left last season so i mean there might be a few teaming problems early for knots but i mean they do have some really good players as you mentioned with lingard so i'm thinking that trippier is going to get an attack in return and i think that our wilson is going to be the man that everyone's sort of wanting to get next week so i think he's going to have a good game this week no i agree and i think um yeah dan might be uh knocking on your door first thing monday morning if uh if newcastle end up losing that game you know, obviously getting him into the uh, into the triple up. But we've got a question here from the Callum East. And he's asked us, lads, Ramsdale or Neto, or Sanchez or Martinelli? I'm keeping 0.5 in the bank, question mark. Ooh, you know what? I think I think Ramsdale and Neto are stronger there because I think Ramsdale is a better choice than Sanchez. Um, so I think Ramsdale wins that. And I think Neto, over the course of the first... I do think uh, Arsenal have obviously got good fixtures, but I'm assuming, Callum, um, you probably maybe have Jesus already in your team. Um, one of the 75% of that, you know, people that have him. Um, so I'd say Ramsar and Neto. I think Neto is going to be that main source of goal, goals for Wolves. Um, and it's just good having him in there for that price. Whereas Martinelli, he's safe for now, but when Smith Rowe comes back in the team, um, you just never know. He could get dropped at any moment or rotated. Um, and I think Ramsdale's a stronger option than Sanchez, um, regardless of obviously having that, you know, that 0.5 in the bank. But yeah, Q, what do you reckon? What would you what would you pick? No, I'm the same as I've spoken to you about uh, Sanchez. I just don't think he has the flaw that a Ramsdale has with save points. And then obviously when they do get the clean sheet, Ramsdale's usually close to the top for bonus as well, like alongside Saka and Jesus. So, and I think if you do have Jesus, I think that's enough cover for their attack. Um, and yeah, I think Neto, as you said, is a good pick, especially that price. So I think long term, I think Ramsdale Neto is the pick for me. I think Martinelli is good for the first few weeks, but with the likes of um, Smith Rowe back, and then depending on what they do with Marquinhos as well, I'm not sure whether he's going to get much game time early. But you know, if he does impress, he'll get some game time as well, which you know he plays in a similar position to Martinelli. So I, I like the first option. Uh, good stuff, Q. And uh, yeah, thanks for the question, Callum. Keep them rolling in. Um, so we'll move on to the uh, the next game: Spurs versus Southampton. Um, I'll I'll, uh, I'll take this one. Obviously, I'm a Spurs <laughs> fan, so I'm happy to, to take this one. Um, you know what? Obviously, we've made a lot of signings in this in this preseason. Um, yeah, sometimes I'm, obviously we've got Conte. We ended the season really strong last year. I think a lot of the signings we made have been strong additions to the squad, maybe not necessarily to the lineup. Obviously, there is the exception of, of Bissouma um, and Longley, who I think can improve the actual first 11. Um, but then you've got the likes of Spence, uh, Richarlison, uh, Forster. Um, 
who are probably just coming in more as squad players, and then Perisic, who I think will improve the uh, the um, the lineup. But I think it'll be more of a case of you know he's going to be in and out of the team during the season. He's there for his experience. Um, you know he's there because he's you know won won medals before um, at big clubs. Um, so I think you know he'll come in and um, you know improve Spurs in you know in a lot of ways. Um, players to watch. There's plenty of players to watch in this one from a Spurs perspective. Um, Harry Kane, I think it's going to be a, a lot of people's teams for this one uh, as captain because you've got a lot of people looking to swap him to to Halland in uh, in game week two. So I think Kane, you know, great record against Southampton um, for all of those that were playing FPL a couple of years ago. Kane got, I think it was a 21-point haul um, in game week two against Southampton. He got four assists and a I think four assists and a goal, um, and Son got four goals. It was yeah, it was just just ridiculous when when Spurs won five two, uh, and Kane's got a great record against Saints, like he does most teams. Uh, Son's obviously a great pick. Uh, Kulazewski at eight million, brilliant pick for this game. Um, he hasn't scored at the the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yet, so he is due a home goal. Um, so I think Kulazewski is a really good pick uh, for this week, and he's going to get the start because Richarlison. Is suspended, um, and we've got a question actually here. I think from I think this might be Geordie Wilson actually, um, our resident Newcastle fan in Sydney. Um, thanks for watching, mate, and tuning in. He's asked us, even lads, interested to hear your comment, uh, hear your thoughts on the Perisic dilemma. Seems unlikely to start game week one based on recent comments, but still so much upside there. Yeah, good question. Funnily enough, me and Q, we were actually speaking about this offline just before I think, and. Um, yeah, I was saying to Q before, um, there was pictures. So Conte did a training session. Um, I think it was I think it was this morning UK time and he did the game where it was all the bibs. So similar to what Everton did last year where, you know, they'd have their first team, their starting eleven would wear the bibs and then, you know, everyone else wouldn't be wearing the bibs. And he didn't have Perisic with a bib and he didn't have um there was no Perisic with a bib. Obviously, Basuma wasn't there because he's got a knock. Um, and he didn't have uh, Doherty with a bib either. So, um, yeah, the rumours at the moment that Emerson Royale is going to play right back and Sessegnon's going to play left back. Um, so, yeah, me and my personal thoughts on it, I, I just look at it with Conte and I think he's going to want Spurs to hit the ground running uh, with a fully fit team. And Perisic only really played... Like one and a half preseason games, um, and I think if he's not quite there to hit the ground running, I don't think Conte will uh, will play him. I think he'll bring him on for the last maybe thirty minutes, um, and then use him in the game against Chelsea the week after, and have him ready for that because that's obviously a big London derby. Um, on the flip side, there is five subs now, um, so he might then give Perisic sixty minutes and then take him off because we we obviously there is that stat that Conte use that five sub rule nearly every week uh, at Inter Milan when it was when it was airing COVID. But um, yeah, just from seeing the, those comments, um, you know, online, I think it was Paul O'Keefe, who's a really uh, respected uh, Spurs reporter, um, did say he thinks it's going to be Royale and Sessignon. Um, but I do think Perisic is a good pick um, for the preceding game weeks. But yeah, I just, I'm not 100% sure. But what do you think, you? Um, yeah, as we spoke offline before we come on, um, I had a few fellas message me the same question and, you know, I think we, at eventually he's going to be a great pick, especially at his price, but mm. I wouldn't mind going to Trippier for week one and two, because obviously Spurs have Chelsea next week. So, you know, that's, you know, two decent fixtures for Newcastle. And then you could always move across to Perisic then because, you know, there's a, I have a good feeling that he's definitely going to be starting by week three. So. Hmm. I wouldn't really yeah. having week one, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the case. I think there's just too much uh, uncertainty at the moment around him. Um, but I do think he's going to be a um, a really good pick uh, for the preceding game weeks. Um, but yeah, even even Doherty, because like, obviously I would love to have Perisic or Doherty in my own team, but even I don't want to take that risk right now. If you really want a Spurs defender for this game week, you just look at Dyer or Romero and just hope that they score from a set piece, uh, from a header. See Spurs have this new set piece coach, which I think I've uh, told every man and his dog about, so I won't bring that up again. But um, in terms of uh, scoreline, I'll give a quick scoreline prediction. I think 
I will go. I think I still think it'll be quite a tight one. Um, I'll go with two nil, two nil to Spurs. Maybe a Kane Son goal piece. What do you think there, Q? Yeah, no, I think um, very similar. I'm actually picking a bit of a three four nil win for Spurs. I think that. Uh, I think what was it the two seasons ago where Kane and Son just went absolutely crazy. Yeah, um, the five two. Yeah, I could imagine it's going to be something similar week one. The way that Southampton has looked um, pre-season defensively, I just think that, yeah, the signs aren't good for them uh, the start of the season. And I think Spurs have just been red hot. So I could see um, definitely a big win for Spurs week one. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Um, Let's go on to another question. Um, We'll bring up, I think there's another question. We've got the one from Luke. We'll we'll go with the one from Luke first. so, St. Maximum or Marcus Rashford? You know what? I'll give that one to you, Q. And I'll tell you what, that's a good question, Luke, because they're both midfielders. Um, they're both technically out of position because they're classified as midfielders. Both going to probably play as forwards. And they're both six and a half million. And you'd probably expect right now they're going to be Newcastle's main source of goals along with Wilson. And Man United's main source source of goals, along with what Sancho and you know we don't know what's going on with Ronaldo. So, yeah, what do you think? Who do you think is the uh, the better pick of the two? That's actually a really hard decision, but I think mm. for me, Rashford probably gets the nod um, with the news that Martial has the hamstring injury. They're not sure how long he's going to be out for, whether it's going to be one or two weeks. But you know that there are talks that Ronaldo is going to start up front and Rashford obviously take his spot in the midfield, but. I think that um, if that does happen, I don't think Ronaldo is going to last a full 90. I think that will take him off, which then would push Rashford up top. So I think Rashford probably has a bit more upside, but St. Max has looked really good in the preseason. So I think it's a 50-50 call, but I mean, Rashford for United, the way they're playing at the moment, probably tips the hat for me. Yeah, good analysis. And I think, um, you know, fair comments. Obviously, I know we know you've got your, uh, your Man United chat on there, but I think... Um, yeah, I think I think that was fair. I think that was fair. I think um, you know Newcastle, like you said, the goals are going to be a bit more shared. And I think you know Rashford, he's he's got to have a better season than last year. I think he only got four goals, and you'd expect him to get back into the you know at least the double digits again. You know, ten to fifteen goals. And if he does, he's going to be an absolute bargain. But before we go on to the Everton Chelsea game, we'll go with the best four and a half million keeper and look. And that's Brady, a resident on our pod. Hi, Brady. The brother-in-law, mate. So, <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, mate. It's um, it's great to have you here. Best four and a half million keeper. You know what? There's not many, um, but I personally would say probably David Raya. I think um, the Brentford keeper. Um, Brentford's defense was pretty tight last year. It was one of the best in the league. He's really good with the ball at his feet, um, which can help with the BPS if um, you know he's going to making a lot of short passes and, and playing it out from the back. Um, he'll get save points. He'll get his bonus points. Uh, Brentford can win, you know, those games against the teams around them, sort of one nil. Um, so I think he's probably the best one for me. I don't think there's a huge selection. I don't think there's much in it between any of them. Even Sanchez at Brighton's quite a good one because Brighton are a good side. Um, you'd expect them to be pushing for the top half. Um, again, so you can get a top half keeper at, at four and a half million. Um, so I'll probably say those two. Is there anyone you think I might have missed, Q, or anyone you'd recommend? Um, yeah, I think you're pretty spot on with uh, Raya. You sort of always speak about how to, I guess, gauge on um, your goalkeepers and who to pick. You kind of want a defence that that is all right, but not great, that they're going to concede a lot of shots. So, you know, high potential for... Um, save points so I think Brentford fit that bill so Rye is a great pick I think Meslier I think Leeds defense is going to be a little bit better this year but I don't think it's going to be good enough where they're not going to be conceding shots I think they'll be conceding a whole uh, a high volume of shots this year so I think Meslier and Rye have the greatest upside for me this season so I think those would be the two options I'd go with good stuff all right we'll move on to Everton Chelsea um, we'll let you preview this one, Q. Let's uh, let's get your predictions. Who the uh, who are the FPL players to watch, and then what do you think the score is going to be? Um, I think this could be a three 0 win for Chelsea. Um, I know Everton have you know did look a lot more improved at, towards the end of the season, but missing Calvert Lewin up front, I think there's rumours that they're going to be playing Deli Alley up front, which you know I'm not not fully sold on. Um, 
that uh, I think preseason they haven't looked great in attack. They've looked okay, but not you know not threatening enough that I'd think that you know they're going to be begging goals in against Chelsea. So I think a couple of players to look at Mount, who's looked amazing preseason. It looks like um, they've focused the attack around Mount. You could see in a few games in the preseason where every time uh, Reese James got to the byline, he was looking for Mount and Mount was kind of just edge of the box, making his runs. And, you know, people were finding him all the time. And even uh, early in the attack, once they got into the attacking half, Mount was the first person that they found to, you know, ignite that attack. So I think he has pretty decent upside to start the season. And obviously the likes of Reese James, I think, you know, a lot of people are a little bit off him, even though his ownership's still quite high. I think that mm. um, against a toothless evident, I think, you know, you could get the clean sheet points plus, um, you know, an attack and return. But yeah, I'm picking a, a pretty um, big win for Chelsea 3-0, mate. 3-0. Yeah, look, I think you do make some good points, especially with Everton. They've obviously lost Richarlison. It was a big player for them last year. Not really replaced him. I know they've, they've bring in the likes of Dwight McNeil. Um, but again, yeah, they've, they've not made huge changes to their team. Um, Brees James, he's, he's about 40% owned at the moment, which I, I was surprised by. I thought... Um, I thought for his price, he might have even been sort of the 50% plus. So, um, yeah, I think he's um, definitely one to watch. You mentioned Mount. Um, and I think, yeah, I can see Chelsea winning this one comfortably. Like you said, 3-0 is probably about right. Um, we've got another question here from Models in Scale. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, Cancelo or Robertson? I have Walker and Trent. Oh, you know what? It's tough. He's got he's got Walker and Trent. Um, I'm assuming you mean in addition to those two. So Walker, Trent, and then Cancelo or Robertson. Yeah. I I think the Robertson Trent double up's too good to pass um in this sort of first five or six games. I think there's a lot of potential in there. You know, we saw how attacking they were again in the um in the community shield. We saw how good Robertson was at the end of last season. So I think the Robertson-Trent uh, double up and then you've got some City coverage with Walker. Um, it's probably the play here. Um, have, not having Cancelo can, can be painful, but I think there's enough upside with uh, with Robertson. Um, what do you think, you? No, I think um, you're pretty right with that. The only thing I would make as devil advocate for this is if you don't have a sort of a Manchester City attacking asset, I think Cancelo is a must-have in your team because, as I said to you, it's like pretty much a, a midfielder playing in the back line. So if you do have Haaland or, you know, one of the 8.0 midfielders, I think you can get away if not going Cancelo. And Robertson, in my opinion, is probably the third best asset at Liverpool to have. So I'd have him over any of their sort of other assets outside of Salah and Trent. So I think if you do have an attacking asset from City, I think Robertson's the way to go with that one. Awesome. Good stuff. And I agree. I think, yeah, if you don't have that that Man City attacking coverage, um, then, yeah, you definitely need Cancelo in there. Um, we've got another question from uh, from Brady. Uh, Martinelli versus Saka. I think most people would say Saka is the better player. However, is he worth the extra $2 million? Um Q, I'll let you take that one to start with, and then I will, um, yeah, I'll come in with my piece because I've, I've definitely got a preference. Um, but yeah, what do you think on that one? Um, I think if you can do the Saka and Jesus double up, I think that's absolutely explosive because as I think you've spoken during the preseason is that you like Saka more than Jesus just for the upside of he's a midfielder, he's on penalties. So I think if you get the best of both worlds, you've got Jesus who looked really great this season, and then you've got Saka as a second option, I think, you know, that outweighs, you know, the extra two million you're paying over Martinelli. Where I think Martinelli's looked good, but there there is the rotate rotation risk uh, in a few weeks once Smith Rowe comes back. So you know, for me, I think that's an explosive double of Saka and uh, Jesus, mate. What are your thoughts? I think Saka's worth the extra two mil. Um, I think Saka. I think he'll get pens. I think he'll take over from them. Um, Gabriel Jesus. I think he's got like a 42% penalty ratio. He had a really bad record at City. He's got a bad record for Brazil. And I just can't imagine they put him on them. I know there's Martinelli um, who can also possibly take them, who's obviously mentioned in this question. But um, yeah, I think Saka's worth the extra two mil. Having the pens, he's got the pedigree. He scored 
you know, enough goals last year. He got a lot of assists. I think he's going to better that this year and get more goals, um, especially having the pen. So I think he's probably worth the extra two mil. Um, would I double up with him and Jesus? I think it's a possibility in this first six fixtures. Um, and now's the time to do it if you're going to do it. Um, so, yeah, I would probably say Saka is worth that extra two mil. Um, we've got another question from Craig again. Um, is it risky to wait till game week three to get a Chelsea defender when Cucurella starts at five million? Um, I don't think it's risky. I think there's enough options at the moment, and it's always the element of the unknown at the start of the season. You know, so we never know what's actually going to happen, do we? Obviously, we won't. We can only base it on what we saw last season. You know, and, and glimpses in pre-season and transfer windows, and you know, and that type of thing. So, I don't think it's risky. They've got Everton away. I know Q did mention, you know, he can see Chelsea sort of blowing Everton away and beating them quite easy. It's still an away game at Goodison Park. Um, we know what their crowd's like. Um, you know, it could be a tight affair. Um, and then second week, they've also got the derby against Spurs at the bridge, um, which Chelsea have a really good record in um, down the years. Um, but again, I think... Yeah, wait until game week three probably isn't the worst thing, um, especially if we get the sort of intel that Cucurella is going to start in that team. Um, you know, but again, is he going to be in that left, you know, left wing back position because they've got Ben Chilwell, or is he going to kind of tuck into that that left central position? So, um, yeah, I don't think it's too risky. Um, and I think we'll probably know, you know, a few weeks in as to whether or not we need a Chelsea defender and who it actually is going to be. And for me, it's probably going to be more. Do we need Rich James or Ben Chilwell as opposed to, to Cucurella? Because if Cucurella is going to be in that back three, um, it's probably going to give Chilwell um, a lot more license to get forward. And it will probably, you know, we could end up going back to the Chilwell, Rich James, you know, glory days that we had last year towards the start of the season where they were just, yeah, absolutely smashing it points wise. But um, yeah, what do you think? Because I know you absolutely love Cucurella, don't you, Q? Yeah, mate, it's uh, known as Kuka Razzler on our podcast, mate. But um, <laughs> I think that um, it's probably good to wait till um, week three just because you can see how they integrate uh, Kuka Raya into the side just because if Chilwell is fit, um, it'll be interesting to see if they do push uh, Kuka Raya in like, that central position, which, you know, you know, still has, has its merits and has a little bit of value, probably not as much value as if he was playing wing back. But... Um, yeah, I think you can wait till week three. I don't think there's any rush at the moment. I think, as you said, Everton could be a tricky fixture. Um, I know I did say that it'd win comfortably, but it is at, you know, Everton's home ground. So, you know, it could be could be tough as well. But, yeah, I think you can wait till week three without sort of being punished too much. Good stuff. All right, we'll move on to the next games. We've got Leicester versus Brentford. Um, this one's been uh, had a lot of talk this week because obviously there's been the, you know, the... Um, the goalkeeper changes with Leicester and Casper Schmeichel's left and we've got Danny Ward and now Everson who are both four million options and you know some people have got them you know as a rotation. Um so yeah this is a really interesting game and then you've got the likes of Wissa and Raya who we've discussed, Tony um at Brentford. So um, James Madison at Leicester there's some, some pretty big uh FPL matchups in this one. Um and we've also got the news tonight that uh, Harvey Barnes is going to be injured for you know, a few months now. So, um, you know, that could possibly make maybe some sort of legway for someone like Ihi and Nacho to come back in the team or Daka or someone like that. You know, Leicester might put one of them in and that, that could give us an interest in six million forward for a few months. I'm not sure how Leicester are going to play that one. But, um, yeah, there's definitely some options from both sides. Um, I think this one could be another tight affair. I don't think it's going to... I know Leicester have got other injuries as well. They've got Pereira injured. There's talks of Fafana leaving. So, you know, a lot of people think this could be quite an open one and maybe a 2-2. But, yeah, Brentford aren't the most uh, free-flowing in terms of goals. So I think I might go with a a boring 1-1 draw in this one. Um, but maybe a James Madison return or a Jamie Vardy penalty or something. But, yeah, what are your thoughts, Q? Yeah, I'm I'm similar as well. I think it could be a better one-one draw. Um, I'm just interested to see how Brentford play with obviously Ericsson's not there this year, so he was, you know, did ignite their attack last year and helped Tony out a fair bit. But you know, I think it's gonna be a tight affair. I think um, Barnes missing is gonna be a big miss for them. He's looked really good preseason, but this could mean uh, Drisby Hall could uh, have a bit more license oh, yeah. to run a bit further forward. So. 
you know, it'd be interesting. But yeah, I think if you do have assets, you know, Madison's a great asset. Um, Tony up front, you know, a good asset. I don't think Leicester have looked great defensively yet. I think it's going to take a bit for them to, you know, find their bearings at the back there. I think they've got a few plays that are back from, you know, they had extended spells out of the side last year due to injury. So, yeah, interesting. But, yeah, I think it could be, a, you know, a tight affair. Yeah, it's a good point about Dewsbury Hall as well because obviously he's five million. And at the moment you've got the battle of him versus Leon Bailey, who's the better five million option. And it's, you know five million options at the end of the day like it's rare you're going to get much out of them over a season you might get one good game every sort of six you don't really expect to get huge points from them um so really it's just more of a preference um but yeah Dewsbury Hall has been on fire in pre-season so it'll be interesting to see if he can carry on in the uh in the league um so now we've got Manchester United versus Brighton um you know, I'll give this one to Q. You've obviously got the Man United shirt on tonight. Um, you are a Man United fan, so we'll um, we'll get your really unbiased opinion on this one. It's um, at Old Trafford as well. So, um, yeah, what do you think on this one, mate? Give us some um, give us some players to watch from both sides, and then uh, yeah, give us a uh, an honest uh, score prediction without your um, without your best mate Ronaldo. <laughs> um, I'll try to be unbiased, but. I think that um, this is going to be similar to week one last year when we, you know, beat the pants off uh, Leeds. So, you know, I've, I think we could win at least 3-0 this week. I think Brighton, they have had, I guess, the reputation that they are great, a great defensive team and hard to break down. But in preseason, I haven't quite seen that. And I think it's going to take a few weeks for them to sort of, you know, get that defence sort of where it was last season. So I think United, the way they're playing, I think they've just been very slick in attack. And the likes of Sancho just looks like a new player under Ten Hag as well as Rashford. And, you know, Bruno probably hasn't had the greatest preseason, but, you know, he can always turn it on as well. But, yeah, I think that it's going to be a, a decent uh, day out for Man United. And a lot of people are sort of overlooking their assets, thinking, you know, looking at the Liverpool fixture week three, I think you can do the short two-week stint with one of their options. I think Sancho is probably their best option, but Rashford, I think, is a good uh, backup option there if you obviously don't have the funds. But looking at Brighton, um, you know, it looks like Welbeck's going to start up front um, with maybe Undav, but I'm sort of looking at a player, hopefully seeing some uh, bench minutes, is uh, Julio Inciso. Um, I think I've spoken to you. He sort of reminds me a lot of Richarlison. So... They have deployed him as a winger plus a number 10. So, you know, I'm probably not considering any assets from Brighton, but I'm definitely um, interested to see how they go. Yeah, Brighton were obviously a really good team to, to watch last year. They played a lot of really good football. Um, but, yeah, they're a little bit depleted now, like without Cucurella, um, no Basuma. Um, so it will be interesting to see how they go. But, yeah. I've not got any of their players. I've not got any of Man United players. Um, but I do think you're right with Rashford. I think there's you know, there's potential in him, potential in Sancho. Bruno Fernandes is another really interesting one. Obviously, the season before last, he was unbelievable for FPL. And that was obviously, he was getting a lot of pens and everyone was sort of talking about, you know, all he did was score pens. But, you know, he was just, he was brilliant all around. And then last year, he had his moments, um, but he never quite hit the heights of the year before. So, We'll be interested to see if we get a sort of resurgence of Fernandez because without Ronaldo, um, he'll get his pens back, you know, and then it means he, he he could be sort of the main man in this United team again. And we know he thrives off that, so that's definitely one to look out for. Um, and I think yeah, the fullbacks as well, Dallo, um, you know, is one to look out for at four and a half mil. So there's definitely some potential options from Man United, but I think personally, it's it's kind of one of them you can kind of wait on maybe for couple of game weeks see how united are looking um and then you know start bringing them into your teams um but we'll move on now we've got the the last game to preview for uh, for game week one west ham versus man city and i know a lot of people are eagerly waiting this one because obviously uh man city have got the big sign in up front in harland um yeah i think he's the main one that we're going to be looking at in this fixture um, Holland, De Bruyne, Cancelo, I think are the three key ones for me. Um, from a Man City point of view, so you've got Edison at five and a half mil this year, which is it's pretty much in that first sort of seven or eight games. There's a number of games in there where you can just imagine that he's going to get you those those six points every week for, for the most part. 
Um, but yeah, City, I think that's is those assets. Mares as well, you know, he's got less competition now. There's no Jesus, there's no Sterling. Um, there's talk about Bernardo Silva going to Barcelona. Um, so that's interesting. We've got Kyle Walker at 5 million. He doesn't really have any competition at right back because you've got Cancelo at left back. Uh, there's no Zinchenko anymore. Um, and then Walker at right back. Uh, there's no one else really there. I know Ake can play left back. Um, but now Laporte's injured, so Ake's covering at centre back. So um, there's potentially two nailed fullbacks there for Man City. Um, and then if we move on to West Ham, probably like to Bowen, I think. He's, you know, did really well against City last year. He's got really good fixtures coming up. Um, Aaron Cresswell. And then maybe someone like Fournals at 5.5. Um, but yeah, what are you thinking, Q, in terms of FPL assets from this game? Yeah, I think uh, with the City assets, see, I think it's going to be quite a tight affair, a tricky fixture for City. I can still see City getting the win, but I think um, the likes of Holland might be the goal scorer. It might be a 2-1 sort of end result for that. But I think Cancelo, um, you've mentioned Walker, you know, now an asset at the moment to, you know, obviously they get some um, more plays into, you know, giving competition. But I think you probably at least need one um, Manchester City defensive asset and then, you know, I think Cancelo can be an all right cover this week for an attacking asset because I could, you know, see him getting forward and, you know, getting involved. But if you do have Haaland, I think, you know, a decent asset as well. Um, Bowen is probably the only asset I'd consider from West Ham at the moment. He does have that upside last season where he did, you know, bang two goals against Man City. So, you know, a lot of people are going for the differential route with him. And I think, you know, it's a decent shout. But, for me, probably just Cancelo and and maybe one attacking asset from City this week for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, I think as well with uh, with Bowen, he's pretty fixture proof uh, from a West Ham point point of view. I think he's quite quite uh, fixture proof. Can score against anyone, and obviously got the new Italian player in as well. So it's Scamacca. Um, but I think he's already they've already said he's not fully fit, so he's probably not going to start the game. But he we want to look out for down the track. He's only seven million. Um, I'll do a quick score prediction on the uh, on the Man City West Ham game, and then we'll take um, the question. And I will go with I think I think we'll see a, I think we'll see a two 0 Man City win. I think they'll have a little bit too much for West Ham, um, and I'll back Harlan to uh, to grab a brace in his debut because um, he is in my team, so I want him to. You know, grab me some FPL points, but we've got a um, we've got a question here from Matthew Rigby. Uh, will Sancho do well this year or Rashford? Looking at United as a LFC fan, who is the better option for the cost, as they've got good fixtures? Well, you know what, Q, as we said before, you're the uh, you're the resident Man United fan, so we'll um, yeah, take it away, mate. Who do you think's the uh, the better option? I think if you want the safer pick um, and the better asset, I'd say Sancho. But I think Rashford, if you don't have the cash, you need to save. I think, you know, he's a, a suitable asset as well. But, yeah, I think for me, Sancho wins that battle. Um, but, yeah, I don't. I think both are good options, but Sancho for me. Yeah, see, I, I'm thinking I'm still going to back Rashford. I think saving the million, getting Rashford there, um, I think Rashford's going to be in that small centre. I know he likes to come in off the left, but um, yeah, I think he's going to be quite fluid in that front three. And yeah, he's going to want to better his, his sort of four goal return. He got four goals. Yeah, it was four goals last year. He's going, he's going to want to better that. So I think um, I think Rashford just edges it for me over Sancho. But you know, time will tell if um, if there's actually any worth having some of these you know these Man United players because we've still got Ronaldo possibly to come back at some stage, which could completely you know change that front three again so um and matthew's given us another question trippier versus dinier oh that's a good question you know what i think for me they're, they're quite even in, in the first four games and i actually think dinier edges it for fixtures in the four games um i actually have matt cash and trippier so i kind of have effectively have you know, both of these players in a way, obviously it's not directly Dinier, but it's still an Aston Villa defender. Um, but if I had to pick between one or the other, 
Ooh, I'd probably go Trippier because I like I really like his first two games and um I think his set even though Digne is a set piece as well, I think Trippier's set, set pieces edge it over over Digne slightly. Um yeah, that, that's my that's my thoughts. I think Trippier. Um and I know what Q's gonna say, so I'll quickly get get your opinion, Q. Um, um who are you pick I think it's a a lot closer um than I'd like to admit. I think with the fixtures, I think Dinier's got the prolonged fixtures, longer fixture run of, you know, decent fixtures. But for me, the upside of Trippier just outweighs, you know, the longer fixture run for Dinier. So, you know, for me, it'd be Trippier. I think there's just too much upside. Yeah, fair call. And uh, still uh, still trying to work out where this love affair with Trippier come from, Q. I know you absolutely love Kieran Trippier. Must have been that free kick for England in the uh, in the 2018 World Cup that did it. But um yeah, that what we'll do. Spurs. He, I just love watching him play. And then when he left, you know, I was filthy. But then um, <laughs> when they signed him, I think uh, the first week, I think was his first start in our group chat. I was pretty much telling you, Trippy is going to bang. And then you know he had a decent run of fixtures before, you know he he got injured in the end. But yeah, I think this season he looks fit, and I you know I could see him going really well. Yeah, and I think actually another good point about Trippier, um, which I've I've mentioned on um, on Twitter um instagram and, and everywhere else in the group messages is i think dan burn and botman um uh, behind uh, sorry to, to the side of trippier um i think they're going to be really good uh back too um and trippier is going to be putting a lot of these corners and free kicks into those guys like the biggest center backs in the league uh, the biggest center back pairing in the league so i think trippier is going to be you know whipping balls into into them from set pieces and expect them to, to probably score a goal or two also got Matt Target, who another uh, Q player who he loves. He loves Matt Target. Um, you know, on the other side, so they've got a good good defence, and they've obviously got Nick Pope as well. Um, so yeah, there's probably some really good potential in, in Newcastle with um, you know with the players they got and with Eddie Howe. Um, so yeah, Trippier edges it for me. But that's the um, that's the fixture roundup. That's the the score predictions and some of our favourite FPL players. You know, for game week one, what we'll do now um, if keep getting the uh, the questions in as well obviously we've got seven minutes until deadline um so yeah get as many questions as you can in we'll see if we can help you out before you know before it's it's done once once you know once we get eight minutes away your, your team's locked in and then you know you've got to wait until game week two you know, to to make your changes so uh yeah get your questions in what we'll do now um, we'll quickly bring up uh, another uh, team. It's going to be Q's Scout 11. So Quinton, um, he's done a Scout 11 for us. Um, so I'm just going to pull that up now. And we'll go through why you picked this team. Um, and if we should have these players in our team. So let's pull up Scout 11 from Q. And if you don't follow Q, um, you can head to his Twitter page at FPL underscore amateurs underscore Oz. You can see it there. It's his, uh, it's just the tag there on the screen. So go give him a follow on Twitter. Um, he's also on Facebook as well. He's got a website, FPL underscore amateurs of Oz. You can just put FPL amateurs of Oz into Google and his website will come up. It's got all sorts of stuff on there. Um, so go check him out. And here we go. We'll share this screen and we'll get Q's scout 11 up. Here we go. So talk us through it, mate. Let's start with the keeper. Um, yeah, I think... Why, why as Masaylio against Wolves? As I spoke to you, I, Wolves, I know I did pick Wolves to score a couple of goals this week, but, you know, attacking-wise, they haven't looked great over the past season. So, and I'm looking at Meslier. I think Leeds' defence is, you know, a little bit better than last season where they might not concede as many, but they're going to concede a lot of shots. And Meslier has looked great preseason as a shot stopper. So I think he has decent upside uh, week one against the Wolves outfit that, you know, at times has struggled to score goals. Okay. Yeah, no, fair shout. I think you're right. With, with um, Silo, it makes a lot of saves for Leeds. Um, save points can be crucial because... You know, you can get a game week where he does concede a goal, but he gets a couple of save points and he's going to come out with three or four points. Um, and, you know, and it all adds up over a season. Um, I can see you're going with three, four, three. Um, 
So why do you think that's the best formation for this week as well? We'll, we'll, we'll quickly ask you about the formation. Actually, we'll go through the formation at the end. Let's go through. We'll go through the defence first. We'll go with your three defenders. Um, so why have you gone with the Trent, Trippier and Cancelo? I've sort of gone the highest upside attacking trio. So I think obviously Trent's um, pretty obvious. He's going to be on corners, um, you know, pretty much plays like a, a midfielder. So I think there's high potential for him to either score a goal or, you know, get a few assists this week against a Fulham side that defensively they haven't looked great. Um, Trippier, what I've mentioned earlier, just so much upside, got the free kicks, corners, um, he's going to be putting his crosses into Wilson instead of Wood. And as much as Wood has, a, I guess, a reputation that he's good, has good aerial ability, I think Wilson is just a better option up front and, you know, prolific goal scorer, which, you know, he showed last year when he played, you know, the few fixtures when he wasn't injured, you know, he, he knows how to find the back of the net. So I think massive upside there. Cancelo, as I mentioned, Trent is pretty much a midfielder playing for, you know, one of the best attacking teams in the Premier League. So, you know, I think that I'm not really caring too much about the clean sheets with these three. It's mainly just mm-hmm. the attacking upside. Okay. No, I like the sound of that. And I think, you know, it's a pretty good back three. You know, Trent does the business every season. Uh, Trippier, like you mentioned, set pieces. Uh, and Cancelo is Cancelo. We know how good he can be. And just uh, just to quickly mention, we've got four minutes until deadline for the 22-23 Premier League season. So get your questions in. If you've got any last-minute questions, get them in the chat now um, so you can get it. your team done before the next four minutes. Um, we'll go into your midfield then, Q. Um, yeah, talk us through this. You've got Bailey, Mount, Rashford, and then you've got the armband on Salah. So, yeah, what's your thought process behind that midfield for? Um, Bailey, I think, has a higher upside than Wolves. I just rate Villa attacking at attack more than I rate Wolves. So I think he's a better option. He's looked really good preseason. He's been on set pieces as well. So, you know, that's another tick in the box for him. Mount, as I mentioned earlier, just he's looked great preseason. Looks like the focal point of um, Chelsea's attack. And, you know, I don't really like Havertz. Um, Sterling's a bit too expensive if you're trying to fit him in, you know, with the team that I've picked. So Mount's the pick for me. Salah, self-explanatory, he's just... He's just a freak. So I've got him in the side. Best, uh, One of the best attacking teams in the league um, and their focal point in attack, you know, he's going to be involved in everything. Um, and Rashford's more of a couldn't afford Sancho. And as I said, Rashford, <laughs> you know, is a great second option there. So had to put him in. Yeah, I agree. And I think you're right with with uh, Salah. He is the, uh, he's the captain, I think, for this week. I think that, that fixture, we mentioned it earlier, Marco Silva from Fulham, the, the manager said, They've only got 16 Premier League-ready players. He's pretty much, it's almost like he's, he's either mind games or he's, he's given up before the game started. So I think Salah is the best option. Uh, and then we've got two minutes till deadline. So any last-minute questions, you've got two minutes, get them in now. Um, or at the same time, you probably want to make sure your team's finalised in case the app does crash. Um, so, yeah, four-man midfield. I like the choices. Mount, Rashford, Salah, Bailey. Um, obviously, Bailey's that five million enabler that we spoke about earlier. So let's go into your uh, into your front three. Who have you gone for there, mate? Um, with Wilson, like I've mentioned, um, you know, knows how to find the back of the net. I actually think these first two fixtures are, are good fixtures for him, and I could see him banging in at least two goals for these two fixtures coming up. So you know, I think this week is a great fixture for him, and I could see him, you know, getting getting off to a good start. Um, with the likes of Trippier feeding him balls all day, I think it's just going to be a recipe for um, success for him. Uh, Jesus, I think, outside Saka is the best option at Arsenal. He's looked really good. Um, obviously, a, a bit of a trickier fixture against Palace, but you know I can still see him getting at least a, a goal or an assist this week. Uh, and Kane, I think I've professed my love for you. I think I've even loved him more than you this <laughs> preseason, and you're a Spurs fan. You have, so you have. I, I love think, Kane as well. I think he's probably the best premium asset outside Salah and Son. I think up front, he's going to outscore Holland this week. I just think that he's a must-have this week. I think, you know, he could easily bang in two goals this week. So, yeah, I think he's the best option up front this week. Good stuff, Q. And look, we are about to approach deadline. We are 10 seconds away from deadline. It's a countdown. It's a, That's it. You've got to get your team in. You've got five four, 
three, two, one, done. And I'll tell you what, how are you feeling? I'm feeling a bit of a, a relief. I'm, I'm nervous because I'm looking at my team and I'm just like, I'm seeing this Scout 11 and I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, I'm assuming this fits within the budget because you've made a Scout 11 within the budget, right? And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, God, this, this isn't a bad team. This isn't a bad team. Like, what's not in there that I've, um, you know, that I've, uh, that I've got? And I'm looking at it thinking, maybe Harland and Robertson, but you've still got Kane. Obviously, I've got Son in my team, but you've got you know, Mason Mount in there. You've got Rashford, who, yeah, I'm looking at this and thinking, maybe I should have watched uh, Q Scout 11 before before picking <laughs> my team. But, yeah, look, deadline, here we go. Another season is amongst us. Um, but, yeah, 3-4-3, if you want to just give us your final thoughts as to why you've gone that formation. I think with just the upside with Wilson you know, had to put him up top with the three. And then I think I don't really like defense as much because one goal against them, you know, you lose the clean sheet. So I've decided just to focus on the three best attacking assets this week, in my opinion. Obviously, Robbo's a good pick, but when you're sort of trying to build a squad, it makes it a bit hard. So I think those three outside of Robbo are the best attacking options this week. And then good analysis. The midfield, so... Midfield, I think, yeah. is pretty solid as well. I think there's enough points in that midfield to, you know, score decent. No, I agree. There's, there's, there's goals in this team. This team's got goals all over it. And obviously in the defence, <laughs> uh, midfield, any one of these can score. And the thing is, you picked a lot of set-piece uh, takers. So Kane, Pens, Wilson, Pens, Mount, free kicks, and, you know, possibly Pens, depending on, you know, if Jorginho plays or not. Salah, Pens, uh, Rashford can take free kicks, sometimes gets Pens, Trippier free kicks. Uh, Alexander Arnold free kick. So, you know, you've picked a um yeah, you've picked a good team here. So that's Q's game week one scout eleven for us. So thanks for doing that, mate. That's been uh, that's awesome. And thanks for coming on the on the uh, on the stream tonight, Q. And thanks to everyone that's uh, watched the pod, asked us questions. Um we've really enjoyed it. So how are you feeling then, Q? We've uh you know we're done, deadline's done. How you how are you feeling with your team? How do you think you're gonna go this season? Um, and what's your, um, you know, what's your, what's your target for your rank? Well, to start off with, I was a little bit panicked um, as the deadline finished because I was doing that much tinkering leading up to tonight, whether I'd actually kept the team that I wanted. So I had a bit of a brain fart there thinking that um, I hope I picked the right team. But yeah, I made sure just before it ticked over that I had the right side picked. But um, now I'm feeling pretty confident. You know, I've, I've backed what I've seen pre-season. I'm hoping that obviously the fixture the fixtures don't really mean too much during preseason, but just the eye tests for me, you know, ticked a lot of boxes for the players I've picked. So I'm pretty confident, but as we've seen in previous seasons, you think, you know, everything, and then the the game week starts and it's complete opposite. (laughs) Yeah. So true. I do remember last year, um, game week one, and it was some crazy scores. We saw hundred points. We saw, you know, the average score was like, 85 points or something ridiculous. And I think it was when you Man United just hit the ground running, beat Leeds, Bruno got a hat trick, Salah got goals, Yosta got goals, Trent got goals. And it was just an outrageous start to the season. And um, yeah, I'll be interested to see if the template that we've seen built on Twitter, um, you know, built on, on the FPL community, if that will um, actually hit the ground running, um, you know, or if there'll just be a lot of shocks and, you know, and then we all end up wildcard in in game week two. So we'll we'll see what happens. And um, and Q, what was your um what was your target rank for the season? I think top fifty k. I think last year I set a goal that I wanted to finish top hundred k, mainly because I started the podcast last season. So I wanted a little bit of credibility uh, mm-hmm. by getting an all right rank. But this year, I think with the work I've put in the preseason, watching all the preseason highlights, um, you know, doing doing all the analysis, I think a top 50k rank is you know a reasonable target but you know i'm obviously wanting to go a little bit higher than that but yeah i think the the target set at about 50k for me yeah i think that's fair and then but there was a time last year where you were i think top one and a half k top 2k yeah for a period of time yeah. i think i was sitting top seven top 8k for about you know 10 weeks but um yeah as you saw, the demise of getting out um, Son for Salah and those last eight fixtures pretty much uh, put the nail in the coffin for me. <laughs> no, it did, it did. And, yeah, look, in terms of myself, obviously last year, 
had a really good start to FPL at the start of the season. I was sitting really pretty in sort of the top 20k. And then I took a dip. I slipped down to kind of the 380k mark by sort of Christmas and New Year. And I thought, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, pulled it back. So I ended up having some at the end and got on a really good run. And ended up, uh, I think, around 28k in the end. So it was a, it was a good end. Um, and it was a nice rank. So I think this season, probably going to aim for the top 10k. I think this year is where, where I want to look. I want to get a really good, uh, really good rank. Um, you know, go into the uh, the top 10 day, top 10k club, and um, you know, and go from there. But now, most importantly, I just want to enjoy the game this season. Um, but there we go. That's uh, that's our first deadline uh, day stream. For the season, we're going to be aiming to try and do this as many weeks as possible to help all of our viewers with their FPL teams. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Quinton, for uh, for coming on the pod. Um, really enjoyed having you on here. Great analysis with your, with your uh, Scout 11s. Um, if everyone can just uh, give this video a like, comment, um, subscribe, that would be brilliant. Um, if you can just give me a follow, FPL Matt Day on Twitter and Instagram. Um, all the links are in... Uh, on the channel description and then quinton is fpl underscore amateur underscore oz on twitter he's also got his fpl amateurs of oz website so definitely go and check it out and listen to his podcast what nights is that usually quinton is it wednesday thursday nights yeah i think this week's episode is going to be done on a thursday night so it'll be out sort of i guess late thursday night australian time and then it'll be sort of midday uh uk to, uh uk time awesome well, good stuff. And um, yeah, look, thanks everyone for uh, for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Um, hope you got something out of it. Thanks for all the questions. And uh, we will see you on the next one. So uh, good luck, everyone, for uh, for game week one. The deadline's now passed. And I think for me and Q, it's probably going to be a little bit of a nap maybe for the next hour and a half. <laughs> and then we will be uh, we'll be tuning in for the, uh, for the Palace-Arsenal game. I'll be hoping Jesus and Saka Blank. Because um, I don't own either, either of them, and I'm very scared now. Um, and I know Q's got Hazes in his team, so he's going to want him to uh, to score a goal <laughs> or three. So, anyway, that wraps up the pod. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and we will see you on the next one. See you next week. Oh, that went well.